Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Blush. I am Tiffany, and I'm here with my co-host Hiva. Hiva, how are you doing on this lovely evening? I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm currently still in Palm Beach. Uh, just hold up here. Uh, hopefully not for long. I'm going to escape. I'm going to come up with my like escape plan soon, but it's been really nice. It's been a lot of like eating, a lot of like bullshit workouts, a lot of not sleeping well. Um, cause I just like, it's, I'm not, the pillows aren't comfortable. And I got into a fight today actually. Ooh, with who? <laughs> so I was at the gym. This just, is like real life Bravo for me. <laughs> yeah. I got into a fight. Um, I was at the gym and I was doing one of my typical like half workouts where I'm just sort of prancing around in a sports bra and shorts and like pretending I'm kind of working out, but like barely breaking a sweat if that. And I was on the phone because, you know, that's what you do when you're at the gym. You get on the phone. <laughs> I didn't have my AirPods with me. I forgot them. So I was just literally talking on the phone. I was in kind of the yoga room, not a, like sort of separate from where everyone's working out. There was no one in the gym. It was just me. No one okay. really lives yeah, in this I mean, building. Like it's also, pretty... even if they do, is it like safe for them to be exercising? <laughs> like the osteoporosis might like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. And this guy comes in and he's working out or doing stuff that I don't do essentially. And I walk out into that area because I was like, I'm going to get a weight. And then I was like, mm, I can't really do weights with one hand because I'm on the phone. So I just <laughs> walk back into the <laughs> yoga area. And he goes, hey, you're not supposed to be in the phone in here. And I was like, mm, okay. And then I just walk away continuing to talk on the phone. And then now, now I'm like, well, I have to stay on the phone. Like he just told me, he was like, get off the phone. Now I can't get off the phone because no man is telling me what to do. I'm an independent woman. I don't care what the gym rules are. So then he continues working out. I leave. And then I realize I didn't have my sunglasses because I wear sunglasses to the gym like a normal human being. I go back to look for my sunglasses still on the phone. And he turns to me and he goes, you see that sign? You're not supposed to be on the phone. And I said, like, I'm leaving. I'm not even staying here. He's like, you're not supposed to be on the phone here. Like, you have to follow the rules. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> he was like you ignorant little bitch and i was like okay bye whoa <laughs> basically long story short i need to get the fuck out of florida he was like pushing 72 jesus i mean good on him that he's exercising i guess <laughs> good on him that he has like the willpower to be fighting with people i don't know <laughs> so that's that's me just causing a ruckus in this senior living community. I'm just <laughs> pissing people off left and right. <laughs> but we do have some questions that we're going to go through this episode because I decided I don't want to talk about my personal life. So that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. And frankly, there is like really nothing that exciting going on in my personal life. So we thought we'd address your guys' personal lives, which are actually pretty interesting these days. So share with us the first question. I'm single and I really want to find a partner, but I just hate dating apps. It feels like that's the only way people find each other these days, but it really just doesn't feel aligned with me. Should I suck it up and do it, or is there another way? Do you want to go first and answer that? Here's my thing. Is there another way? Of course, right? I mean, people meet people all sorts of ways, and, you know, we can address that. I mean, 
through friends. I mean, we talk about Instagram all the time. I have a friend who just met her partner through TikTok. You know, shit happens. But I'd be really curious as to why you say it doesn't feel aligned. I think that, like, none of us like dating apps. Let's just, right? I mean, I don't really know anyone who's like, no, I fucking love them, you know? None of us like them. It kind of is icky for everyone, right? Yeah, of course. Like, it's just, it's annoying. It's like a thing you have to do. But I always say this. I think trying to find a partner without being on dating apps is like trying to hire a plumber without, like, using a search engine. You know, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's certainly possible that someone will be like, hey, here's a plumber, hire him, or you run into a plumber at the grocery store. Like any of these things are possible. But if you really want a plumber, why would you not just go the most direct way of finding a plumber, right? Like, I don't know why we don't have that same energy with our dating lives. And I don't know, maybe I'm projecting my own shit because I know there is so much of my single life where I was like, I hate dating apps. I hate being on them. Like, that's not how I want to meet someone. Like, I want a cuter story, like blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of it comes from maybe some like, and I'm not saying this is you necessarily, but I think for a lot of people and myself, like it comes from maybe some level of fear and just like not really fully wanting to put yourself out there or I don't know, but I would do some digging as to why it doesn't feel aligned. Because if you say you really want a partner, I personally think you should do the thing that's most likely to get you to get a partner. I 1000% agree. And I will say this, I've been on the apps. I was on the apps very briefly. I went on maybe one date from a dating app, but I have dated guys and I have a lot of friends that go on dating apps and have luck, don't have luck. I've seen both. I think the one common thing is though, you can be on every fucking dating app, but if you're not being aggressive about how you date, it's not going to make a difference. Like you can be on the apps and be swiping and doing that. But if you're not being like active and aggressive in your dating life, a man's not going to fall into your lap. And honestly, these days, guys don't necessarily make the first move. Every guy I have dated for the most part, maybe not every guy, a lot of the guys that I've gone on dates with or dated, I made the first move. I DM'd them. I chatted with them first. Or like if I'm at a bar or I've I've been at a bar before and I saw a cute guy and I went up to him and I started conversation. You have to take initiative at the end of the day. Like you don't have to go on the apps, but like if you're out, make sure you're going up to guys and talking to them. If there's a cute guy somewhere, don't just like stare at him across the room like go up to him and talk to him if you're making initiative and being aggressive about it you don't have to be on the apps you're gonna meet someone it's just like you have to do something you know like I I feel like girls are so hesitant to make the first move there's really nothing wrong with it it usually works honestly (laughs) I'm gonna steal an analogy that I heard somewhere else but they say that the average billionaire has like seven different streams of income or something like that and think of your love life the same way right like you should be going to things that interest you whether those are bars classes fucking art galleries museums I don't know and being open and approachable and approaching guys right you should be open on the social apps have you know the dating apps like have all these different streams like 
let your friends know that you're single and looking, like have all these different potential ways of meeting someone. And I'm not saying you have to like go to bars. If you hate going to bars, don't go to bars. You know, there's so many different places and things, but like be out in the world and be energetically open. And I guess what I'm getting at is my concern with you saying that like the dating apps don't feel aligned is that maybe you're not energetically as open as you think you might be, right? A hundred percent. That's where I was trying to get at. We're like, yeah. be open, be aggressive. Like my friend, for example, she's going to a wedding this weekend. I was like, ask a guy out. That's a perfect place. She was like, the wedding ends at 11. I was like, the cutest, coolest guy, What whatever it is, ask him to go to a bar afterwards. Like, just do yes. that. Even if you don't think he's your person, do little things like that to get out of your comfort zone. And I said, I was like, I will meet up with you. Like, I will meet up with you. I'm, I'm not, obviously this is not in Palm Beach. Like I'm leaving Palm <laughs> Beach. But I said, I said, I will like meet up with you. We'll go to a bar, but like you need to find a cute guy at the wedding that you kind of hit it off with and just invite him out. I'm telling you, Every guy is down. Yeah. He's down. He's going to love that. Guys like women that like take initiative. No guy mm-hmm. is going to reject that. I promise. If anything, if anything, it's going to make you more attractive. And if you want, you know, more inspiration on this, go back to episode two, the mating dance where we basically, I tested out a bunch of stuff. Like I walked around the streets of New York, <laughs> like approaching men, asking out men. And it was all really good results. And it's not because like I'm particularly hot or anything. It's just because I just went for it. So yeah, go back and listen to that episode and just fucking do it. I mean, what's the worst that'll happen? You know? Yeah. You're right back where you started. What he doesn't call you who gives a shit. Why does that matter? It doesn't matter. 8 billion people in the world. And also Think of dating apps maybe, so like you say, like, or, you know, I know people say they don't want to meet their person through a dating app. Think of it as dating practice. Think of it as a way to go out with people and figure out what you do and don't want. Because I think that oftentimes it's really only through dating that we can figure that out. So just maybe don't think of it as the pers- the way to meet like your soulmate, but just as practice, you know, it's, it's practice for the big game. So a thousand percent. I think it's all about being open energetically. I think you nailed that. And if you're being apprehensive about getting on a dating app, I'm going to just assume you're not open. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. What's the next question? I've been on a couple of dates with a guy who I really like, but the other day he called me and told me he doesn't think he's ready for a serious relationship, which is what I want. Should I cut him off or play it cool until he comes around? Uh, Cut him off immediately. I have a friend who had almost this exact scenario happen to her recently and we were talking about it and she was like, you know, if this were a few years ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, no, I mean, we can see where things go. But in this conversation, she was like, okay, well, I'm bummed, but you know, I do want something serious. So if anything ever changes, let me know. And that was that. I was so proud of her because I think it's so easy in these situations. Like I've been there before where I've been like, oh yeah, no, you know, we'll see where things go. And like, you know what? Sometimes maybe, you know, you kind of see the guy for a while and then he does kind of change his mind. I don't know, but I think we're too old. Yeah. And even it doesn't even matter what age you are. The biggest lesson I've learned, if a guy isn't ready for a relationship, he's just not ready. 
and it's nothing to do with you you can be like queen of the fucking world your pussy can be made of diamonds like it's there's nothing that you can do differently guys are really simple in this sense either they want a relationship or they don't and trying to talk to someone that isn't there yet is the biggest waste of your time I don't care how fucking amazing he is doesn't matter and also let's just say hypothetically like this is your like person then something will change in the future and you guys will reunite but you stringing along right now is not going to accomplish that you're just really like think of it like this in all likelihood he probably is not your person right given the fact that you want a relationship and he does not I mean in uh, most likely he's not your person so Think of it like this. There is this person out there who's amazing, who wants exactly what you want, who's going to love you and adore you and treat you so well, and you're going to have so much fun together. The longer you're wasting time with this dude, the longer you're delaying meeting that other person. A hundred percent. I think in general, women that want relationships need to stop wasting their time with men that don't know what the fuck they want. Because there's so many men that do. There are men that are ready. Whatever energy a guy has in the beginning of your dating, you want it to be high because it's only going to go down. Think of like 20 years of marriage, right? Like if he is not wanting you to in a desperate fucking way, then guess what? In 10 years... Uh, he's definitely not going to want your fucking ass then either. So you want him coming at a 10. You want a guy that's fucking crazy about you. And if he's sitting there like, I don't know if I want a relationship. Well, then what's that? You don't want that energy. Like that energy is just going to get worse. And then he's going to resent you like down the line because you pushed him into a relationship and he wasn't ready. Like there are so many problems that are going to arise from that situation. Like it's going to be so toxic that honestly, you're just better off ending it cordially, walking away. And look, if he ever comes around, leave the door slightly open, but do not waste your thoughts or breath on this person at all. Yeah, I love that. Spot on. I wish I took my own advice so many times. We've all fucking been there. We've all been there. I've not taken my own advice. I have girlfriends that have not taken this advice. And I don't know why we do this to ourselves. It's so toxic. And we know it is, but we just keep going head first into a situation. All right. Next question. Yes. I've been with my partner for a few months and it has been absolutely amazing. But lately, I worry that we are in a rut. We never go out anymore. We don't have sex as often. I find myself getting very comfortable around them and not dressing up anymore. We do still have sex and we do have fun. It's just not the same exciting energy as it was in in the beginning. Is this normal? I worry that they will get bored with me. Any tips? Very normal from what I've experienced and from what I've talked to with my friends that have been in long-term relationships. I think it requires effort on both ends and I think you need to have an open conversation with him about it and confront the non-exciting I was going to say the elephant in the room but the elephant is like the non non non-exciting sex in the room right and well I don't think they said it was not exciting sex it's just not the whole thing isn't as exciting is how I read it in all fairness no you're right for sure I my biggest advice would be and now that we can would be change the setting, go on a trip. I think traveling mm. is the best 
way to spice up your relationship. I think couples in general should be traveling on a consistent basis. Like if you're in a serious relationship with someone, you should not just be staying in one location 365 days a year. Whenever you guys have like a long weekend or time off, whether it's a weekend somewhere It can be something really small, even like a staycation. Get out of where you guys are on a day-to-day basis. And that, I promise you, will not only spice it up for that time that you're out, but that spiciness will kind of seep into shit when you guys are back home as well. Like it's not going to just be like you go on vacation, you come back and it's like nothing. It'll, It'll seep in. It'll just, you know, change it up a little bit. I think that's the easiest way to get out of a rut. Yeah, I agree. I think it's completely normal and obviously we're not there in your relationship but uh, so you know we don't know exactly what's going on but from the sounds of it this really just sounds very standard right in the beginning you go out all the time because you don't really know each other well enough to like be home there's dopamine coursing through you have sex all the time like think about like you know, when you first start having sex with someone, every time you see them, you have sex. Like it would be weird if you didn't have sex every time you saw them pretty much, right? But then once you're in like a stable relationship, you don't necessarily have sex every time you see each other. Like it's it's just completely normal. But I, you know, there are ways to spice it up. I think a trip sounds so good and it doesn't even have to be anything expensive. Just do something that's fun for you guys. I mean, if you don't want to spend money and you're into the camping, go camping. Uh, you know, you could do like a quick, like one night getaway somewhere close to you, go to like a cheaper bed and breakfast. There's a lot of other cute things you guys can do. Like think of creative dates that you guys haven't done in your area. Look at like festivals and shit that are going on or like anything, anything that you guys haven't done together that maybe you've wanted to do. Talk to your partner. But I will say it needs to take both of you. Like it can't just be you Mm -hmm. being hyper aware of this. And if your partner is like not willing to do these things and he isn't receptive then that's a whole nother conversation because it can't just be one person putting all the effort in and it shouldn't be next question i've been having really vivid and disturbing dreams lately i haven't thought much of them but i regularly have a nightmare about my wife cheating does this mean anything i've had those dreams like all the time every guy i've dated I've had all those dreams, cheating, leaving me. So I don't know what kind of demented shit is wrong with us, but me and you are in the same fucking boat, buddy. I don't know. What does that mean, Hiva? Listen, I'm no dream interpreter, but here is what I genuinely believe about dreams. I think that 95 to 99% of the time, they mean absolutely nothing which I know is crazy for me to say, I'm like so woo-woo and into all these things. But I think for the most part, it's just random shit we see throughout the day that our brain just regurgitates and spits out. I mean, when I look at a lot of my dreams closely, I see it's like, like I watch something on TV and it closely mirrors something I watched on TV, but I, you know, put random people in it, things like that. Um, Also, in terms of just having really vivid dreams lately, uh, I randomly went down a rabbit hole of research on this. And apparently, both alcohol and cannabis suppress REM sleep. And so when you cut back on either of those, you suddenly start having really vivid dreams. Because 
like you REM rebound essentially. So you're getting more REM sleep. And so you just have more dreams. So I will say that. Now, if you're regularly having this nightmare, I would imagine that it could mean something a little bit more. I don't think it means your wife is cheating (laughs) because these are your dreams, right? And I think we, I remember one time I was talking about a dream in therapy and I was so defensive. I like in the dream, someone thought I had done something and I was telling my therapist, I was like, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And he's like, okay, well, it was your dream. It wasn't mine. You don't need to convince me. (laughs) He's like, relax. It's fine. It's not that serious. Are you on some level worried that your wife is cheating? Are you personally going through something where you feel like maybe you're, you know, being unfaithful in some way to yourself? I mean, I I think there could be things going on here that actually have nothing to do with your wife at all. Like it could be that you're subconsciously worried about your stability in your relationship. It could be that you feel cheated in some other way in your life. And you know, your wife is just playing that role in the dream. I would do some digging into maybe journal on the topic of cheating and not just romantic cheating, but just cheating in general, Uh, you know, lack of boundaries, lack of respect, being disrespected, what these things mean to you and see if anything comes up. I will say this. I don't necessarily think that your wife is cheating because I've had those dreams and my significant other was not cheating on me. But as far as I know, but the relationships that I had those kinds of dreams in, I did not feel safe in the relationship Mm. in terms of my like heart and emotions I was very afraid of that person hurting me and because I knew there was issues within the relationship and I knew I think deep 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 down I shouldn't be in the relationship and I think my subconscious was like trying to tell me to get the fuck out now I'm not saying like go Mm. sign divorce papers tomorrow because you're having cheating nightmares but I think sometimes when we have certain negative feelings towards a situation and if it's repeated I would look and see like what is in your relationship that's clearly triggering you like I think something could be Mm. up and maybe that's coming out I don't think it's necessarily infidelity it could be anything looking back on it now because I would bring it up with my ex too and be like I'd wake up I'd be like I just had a dream you're cheating on me he's like oh my god what is wrong with you like are you mad at me now and I was like no I'm just a little shook I'm just a little fucking startled because I just saw you having sex with another woman and I'm staring at you here but looking back I think I've I had my concerns like it wasn't infidelity was not one of them at all but I had concerns about the relationship and it was like creeping in my mind and my brain was creating weird shit out of it I would have dreams when I was dating the comedian that he would like leave me or something like that. Um, And I mean, those were founded, you know, those came true. (laughs) He was like very ready to leave at any moment. So even kind of predict like her dreams predicted the situation. One could say. Yeah, actually, I had one that was really accurate. It was uncanny, honestly. I would just do some digging both into the status of your relationship with your wife. And if you have any subconscious fears that maybe you're not, you know, fully aware of. And also, you know, ways that you could be maybe not treating yourself with the highest level of respect. Because at the end of the day, our dreams are ours. 
And if they mean anything, the small percentage that might, and you know, given how reoccurring this is, I think there might be a little bit of meaning to it. It's yours. It's whatever it is, it's your shit. And so whether it's that you have some kind of thing, you know, something you're not speaking up towards your wife or you're you're feeling unsure or whether it's something completely unrelated to her, I think you need to figure it out. And then if it does involve her, then communicate. I love that. I want to propose to my girlfriend, but I worry that I can't afford the type of ring that she wants. Should I postpone, get a smaller ring, or do you have any other advice? I say get her the ring that she wants. Can't you do monthly payments on it? Like, you don't have to pay it all at once, do you? Yeah. And also, you know, I've heard of people getting like placeholder rings and then getting another ring down the line. That just feels like a waste of money when you look at it in the long term to me. Um, I will say I don't there isn't a lot that I'm like really classically like stereotypically what's the word like I like I don't want like a big expensive wedding right like I don't want any of these things the one thing that I want is a giant engagement ring and what I always say to you know make it more feasible is there are two options that I think people don't know or look into enough one is there are lab grown diamonds now that are real diamonds. They're not fake diamonds. They're just grown in a lab and they're far more affordable. Again, real diamonds wouldn't know a difference. The only difference sometimes is that they're like a little too perfect, Mm. but like they're real fucking diamonds. And the other is that engagement rings lose a lot of value on resale, like a lot, like 70 plus percent so that's another option to look into honestly get a used one before you get a smaller one I would say oh another thing that can be nice is see if there's any family heirlooms I mean it's a long shot but you may as well look into it I know people who have gotten like hand-me-downs from their families that were like stunning gigantic rocks and it's so meaningful too so I would be so pissed if I got a hand-me-down ring really I mean no one's proposing to me so I need to shut the fuck up when it comes down to it like (laughs) who am I beggars can't be choosers right I'm sorry I don't want your mom's ring it's like okay no one's giving you a ring so relax but no I'm with you I want a big ring and I don't think any woman should settle for less than that yeah I wouldn't push it off though I would be like I would figure this out sell your sperm I don't know get (laughs) just like live on the streets for a few months yeah donate your organs I don't know do you want her to be with you or not get her the fucking ring don't put it off Do not put it off. I mean, like, sell a few organs because, honestly, if you get her a smaller ring, she might kill you anyway. So, like, (laughs) there you go. Done. Case closed. You're welcome. Oh, this one's intense. I'm the first person in my group of friends to have a baby. I've always wanted to be a mother, and I'm so happy and grateful that I finally have this. But I'm also feeling a lot of FOMO. I feel so left out of my group of friends. I never know what's going on in their lives. I'm worried that I will lose all of my friends. Any advice on how to juggle it all? I have friends who have kids, and the relationship does change as it should because your priorities change. And I will say, as someone on the other side, part of what I've always struggled with is like my friend has a baby and I don't like talk to them about dumb shit that's going on in my life because I'm like, 
well, you know, she has a baby. Like, she has shit to do. Like, she doesn't want to hear about, like, the dumb shit that's going on with me. So if you want to know about the dumb shit that's going on with your friends, maybe communicate that also, you know? Like, when you, you know, when the baby's down for a nap or whatever, send text. Be like, update me. I miss you guys. Like, you know, I want to hear about what's going on in your lives. Like, don't feel like, like, I've always felt like, oh, I can't, like, go to her or talk to her about this because she has, like, more important things to deal with with. But if you want to be included, you can make that effort. But at the end of the day, I mean, the relationships are going to change. You know what I mean? If your friends are like going out and partying every weekend, you're probably not going to be able to do that with a baby. And you know, it is how it is, you know, see if you can find ways to have a little bit more balance. And honestly, if these are like real solid friendships that are meant to last, they will. It just everyone has to give a little. And honestly, some of like the coolest people I know are people whose parents just took them everywhere as an infant. Like they just become really well socialized. Like part of the reason why I am just like such like a nightmare to be around (laughs) is that I was not well socialized, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Why are we giving parenting like is there anything i know less about like just just bring your baby to bottomless mimosas it's not that deep like yeah it's fine get them used to it at an early age my mom actually brought me everywhere i i get that sort of mindset like i don't but like honestly like i'm exhausted for you get new friends yeah no it's hard and honestly i like you'll start making like when the baby starts going to like whatever baby groups and you know (laughs) you know what I mean like there are all these like baby groups and stuff grouping up with other babies just meet up with the other baby group parents and then you form like subgroup from the baby group seriously though like you'll make new friends who have babies and like your friends will start having babies but I do think communicate to them that you want to still be included as much as possible for sure I recently went through a really tough breakup when do you think I should start dating again very relatable and I think ASAP right like why wait on dating and I would go however much you're ready to go. Like if you don't want to start seriously dating someone, you don't have to seriously start dating someone. You can just like go on dates. You can also just start going out with the mindset of being single. Like you don't even have to like go on the dating apps. Like I'm not going on dating apps. I don't want to go on dating apps, but I'm definitely very open. I'm like looking at guys again. You know what I mean? It's like when you're in a relationship, you obviously see people, but like you don't see people so just even start looking and seeing what's around you and start taking note of oh this guy's kind of cute or this guy's kind of interesting or especially if you've been in a long-term relationship there's probably guys right under your nose that you didn't even fucking notice because you were in a relationship the entire time so I say you can take it slow you don't have to dive head first but I would just be more conscious of like everything around you now that you're single and you're open and just see where that takes you. I agree. You know, I've done it multiple ways. Like I've gotten out of a serious relationship and immediately tried dating. And one time at the first date I went on, we went back to my place and we were making out and I started crying. Oh God, that poor guy. Because I missed my ex. Yeah. Oh my God. Pretty awkward. (laughs) 
pretty awkward. I've also like hold myself up after a breakup and like really try to learn from what went wrong in the relationship and like improve myself and like become a better person. And I think there's room for both of these things. I don't think you have to overdo it in one direction or another. I think it's great to start dating. The only thing I would caution against is trying to replicate what you and your ex had, trying to just replace that person with someone new. Just know that that's not going to happen and know, I think it's fine to be dating, like casually dating as you're grieving. But what I would maybe focus on more than that is just like doing stuff, like go out with your friends, maybe like pick up a new hobby, take a class, you know, do something new and fun, go on a trip, Um, after one serious breakup, I went on my first solo trip and I did cry a little and like, it sounds kind of sad, but it was really nice. And I was like, wow, I can do shit alone. Like I don't need another person. A hundred percent. Yeah. Do whatever feels authentic and comfortable to you, I think is the biggest thing because every relationship is so different. Every breakup is so different. Like even just the breakups that I've had, each one has been so Mm -hmm. fucking different from the last. Like Mm -hmm. the relationship was so different. Sometimes you're in a relationship for a really long time and like the last year of it is like a breakup essentially. Exactly. That's so normal in long-term relationships. Everyone I know that's been with someone for like an extended period of time, even like six months, typically that last month or two or that last whatever, you're breaking up. So then when like pull the plug on the relationship, you've kind of been going through it, but like do whatever feels natural. And like, here's the thing. I typically do a lot of crazy shit after breakups. I typically do go at a hundred. And look, I look back on some things. I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But I didn't hold back. I I really was like, I'm not going to judge myself. This is what I want to do right now. Fuck it. I'm going to go do it. And at the end of the day, sometimes it's just a really good story. Like, you know what I mean? It's fine. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with like, do what's authentic to you and every relationship is different. Like, I know a girl who dated someone for four years and then three weeks after they broke up, she met her person and they've been together like I don't know for a long ass time they're married now with a kid and she said you know the entire last year of that four-year relationship she was grieving the and she knew that that relationship was coming to an end so she was grieving it that entire last year so every relationship is different whereas you know like when I broke up with a comedian like I wasn't ready to date for a while like I still wanted to be with him and it took a while for me to accept it and if I had started dating I would have just tried to replace him which wouldn't have been the right thing so just feel out and do what's authentic to you but I wouldn't wait a certain amount of time because like society tells you to yeah and like don't judge yourself because I think a lot of times I personally will judge myself I'll be like well I haven't waited long enough or like I need to you know what I mean or I need to wait Mm -hmm. longer or I've waited too long it doesn't matter there like you said there's no set number just do whatever feels natural and even if I'll say this Even if you do something that 
you take it too far, you're like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Okay, you can always pull it back. It's not the end of the world. Like you yeah. went and cried on the date. You probably were like, I'm going to take a fucking beat before I do that again. <laughs> like, Yep, exactly. Yeah, I was lesson. like, great. I, I need a little time, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's better to like just trust yourself. And if anything, even if you do something that you're like, I shouldn't have done this. Maybe I wasn't ready to date. You can always change your mind. Like you're not, nothing set in stone. Exactly. Yeah. You're not like getting married. Like it's fine. Yeah. Thousand percent. Or if you want to get married, there's always annulments. There's always divorces. You're fine. (laughs) You're fine. You get pregnant. You have a kid now. Maybe this is meant to be. It's okay. Yeah. We could put you in touch with the other (laughs) girl who needs more mom friends. (laughs) She's like, I went through a breakup, but next thing I know I'm pregnant. And it's like, well, you know what? (laughs) beautiful now you have a baby now you don't need yeah anyone. mazel tov. yeah <laughs> and okay this one kind of we kind of talked about this but there is a guy i have a crush on who i follow on instagram and he follows me back i don't know him that well and i really want to slide into his dms what should i say this is a girl writing about a guy yeah so his DMs. anything like <laughs> respond to one of his stories if he posts yeah. on his stories just respond and and if he posts a picture of himself i, I just be like, you look really good. Yeah, exactly. Um, we talk about this more in episode two again. So I think like the takeaway from this episode is everyone go and listen to episode two. Really anything. I mean, the easiest way is if you post something in a stories, reply to a stories. Don't do like a reaction. You know, those like buttons you can push. Actually write something. Do you know what I've done? I've taken his page post because he didn't, he doesn't post to his stories that much, but he posted a Mm -hmm. pic to his page that he looked really fucking good in. And I shared it in DMs to him. And I said, you look really fucking hot. Yes. Beautiful. I've done shit like that too. You know, if he doesn't really post to his page and doesn't really post in his stories. Just message him. Like, just think you're really fucking hot. Or like, hey, how are you? How's it going? You know, if like if you kind of know the person in some way, like you've been following each other for a minute, just find some opening and talk. Get an idea because you can kind of, even if he's posted like three pictures, see what he likes. Like if he looks like you can tell he puts effort into his body, comment on that. If he posts a lot of pictures of his dog, comment on that if he posts a lot of food and be really fucking into it if he has like two like pictures of his dog out of the three pictures on his page be like oh my god you have the cutest dog ever you know like say something really if he if he's into food be like oh my god your food looks so fucking good can you send me like one of the recipes or something or like hey why don't you make dinner for me just be aggressive honestly i've it's always worked yeah seriously and like ask for advice based on what's on his page like he's into sports ask for help on your fantasy football team (laughs) or say like you want to place a bet for like this weekend the game this weekend like any advice you know just find what he's into and find an opening and address it but if he's posting to a story is easy done if he travels a lot be like oh i'm thinking on going on a trip and i saw that you went to fucking amsterdam where did you go i don't give it's fine if you're not going on a trip just make some shit up (laughs) yeah and honestly (laughs) if you don't know any of these things about him like let's say his page just has nothing to offer just pick one of the things we just said and just shoot in the dark or uh go to his linkedin 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of effort. I don't know. I'm de- <laughs> no, but if you actually have a really big crush on this guy, like, do some research. Put your little FBI hat on and, like, find <laughs> him. Like, find out what he's fucking into. Like, do the dirty work and just go after it. Love this. Uh, please write back and let us know how it goes. Yes. Every woman should be sliding into DMs. Yeah, honestly, if you're single and listening to this, please, as homework for the week, slide into someone's DMs. For the love of God, yeah. Please. I mean, how often do we have to say this? We're about to change <laughs> the name of this podcast to like slide into DMs. Like how often do we talk about this? I've had two full-blown relationships from sliding into DMs. Yeah. Every relationship I've had and whoever, like, yeah, it's either they slid into mine or I slid into theirs. It's a lot of yep. sliding, slipping and sliding. Yeah. It's all over Instagram, just slipping in and slip and sliding. <laughs> yeah, we're changing blush to slip and slide. <laughs> Love this one. I heard one of your guests mention a cervical orgasm recently. What is that and how can I have one? I mean, I don't fucking know. So allegedly, I'm not a scientist. Wait, what is a cervical? I'm sorry. What does that even mean? Okay allegedly allegedly there are three types of orgasms that a woman can have a clitoral orgasm which is what most of us have a g-spot orgasm and a cervical orgasm so like a g-spot orgasm would be from like rubbing against the g-spot some people argue that that's the same thing as a clitoral orgasm because really like like the clitoris is like quite long and it's internal in your body. Like we just see like that head of it outside, but it kind of snakes around. And so like where your G-spot is, there's like the endings of the clit. So some people argue that a G-spot orgasm and a clitoral orgasm are the same thing. And then people say that there's this third method, which is like via the cervix, which for some people like pressure against the cervix, which is the end of your vagina. It's where your vagina and um, uterus meet. Uh, can produce an orgasm. Uh, I'll just say I've never personally experienced this. Um, I've never talked to someone who has, but um, according to sex experts that we know, uh, using like a tool that can massage the cervix can help you achieve that if it's possible. Um, Also, I've read that friction against the cervix is only pleasurable for some people, for some people, it's actually painful. I don't know. Again, not an expert in it, but um, I know the guest that you're mentioning recommended a tool called the cervix serpent, which is like a glass dildo y type thing that you can use to massage Where are your we cervix. Right now? <laughs> the amount of times you've just said cervix is jarring, honestly. we're basically in a sex ed class so yeah i don't know you can experiment with it i don't know um i just want to get off like who cares if it's through my fucking nose hole or my ear hole like i don't well they say that um this like they say that a cervical orgasm can produce like a whole body type of experience God, my bar is so low. It's like, I just want to have one. Like, I don't care with the cervix or the whatever vix or like rubbing fucking vix on my chest. I don't give a shit. Like, who cares? Why does that matter? Like, if you're getting laid, just be grateful, honestly, because some of us are not. So just be happy about that. 
Listen, I applaud your curiosity. I think we should all be this curious about our bodies and explore and yeah, um, get some tools, start playing by yourself. Uh, let us know how it goes. I'm very curious to hear. Also, if anyone listening has had a cervical orgasm, <laughs> please write in because I'm fascinated by this uh, subject. Love that journey for everyone. No, these were great questions. Um, yeah. Should What should our giveaway be? A cervix orgasm? Uh <laughs> Should like, we give away a cervix serpent? I feel like these mics just shove this up your vagina and you can fucking have a <laughs> cervix orgasm. <laughs> we'll buy you a a podcast mic that you could use. I don't know. Yeah, let's get Honestly, a, a podcast mic is a lot harder to get our hands on. Uh, <laughs> we're going to give away a cervix serpent. Um, obviously, this is like a high, high, high giveaway. I mean, the person who wants to propose instead of an engagement ring, get your girl a fucking cervix serpent. Enter the giveaway. And, and for you men, can get one. That could be hesitant because you're like, what are you going to do with a serpent cervix? Um, just know that your G spots in your asshole. So you can shove it up your fucking ass. Yeah, exactly. Let's all explore our bodies more. Um, so homework for the week for single people, um, slide into some DMS for everyone, whether you're partnered or not, let's explore our bodies a little. And, um, maybe we can do a little show and tell session next episode. <laughs> Maybe more tell, less show, but that's they're like that's the giveaway we want to show and tell. Um, in all seriousness, though, if you've had a cervical orgasm, please, please, please write in. I want to hear about this so badly. Also, any moms listening, if you have better advice for the mom, (laughs) the new mom, please write in. And everyone who wrote in, could you send us updates? Yes, and good luck to... God, what a journey. We went from motherhood to cervix serpents. <laughs> I mean, find you another podcast yeah. that can do it all. Yeah, and on that note, have a good one. Bye, guys.